Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Disappointment as Stanley stick the knife into our top six hopes only a miracle now can save the addicts. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you're well. My name is uh, Louis Mendez and joining me on uh, this week's show to look back at yesterday's fairly dire one-all draw with Accrington Stanley, uh, a late late leveller for the addicts that, I don't know, rescues our playoff hopes, maybe, probably doesn't because it's a long old shot now, but maybe makes it more interesting and even if we lost, probably didn't anyway, so who knows, who cares? <laughs> uh, joining me to do that is uh, is Mark Newby, how do you Mark? We're hanging by our fingertips, Lou. Yeah, We're hanging by our fingertips. Yeah, we are doing everything we can to just just to extend the show for for another week that to pretend that we still got a chance at the playoffs, really. But um, yeah, uh, the, the game itself yesterday was obviously a bit of a tough one. Um, I, I'm just glad to be on the other side of it, really. Well, it, after Tuesday night's um, kick in the stomach, 
it was nice to think you know, we we can do it ourselves. But you know, Accrington had been the beneficiaries themselves during the week of a late uh, leveller. So it just shows it happens all the way round. So mm. it's, but it's funny because when you draw with a late leveller and it feels almost like a win but because of the situation we're in it's quite hard to feel like up about it yeah no i mean my um they play back our commentary clips on bbc london and they play i listened back to my one after the equalizing goal and honestly it's, it sounded like someone had just i don't know gone to a funeral or something it was the most boring and i just couldn't get enthusiastic even for the the level of partly because of the performance and partly because i don't think we've got any chance now i mean a long long shot of getting into those uh, playoffs, unfortunately. But anyway, so on, on this evening's show, uh, we're about to hear the highlights. Luckily, uh, Terry enjoyed the equaliser a bit more than I did. Uh, we're also here, of course, from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Atkins. Uh, me and Benji spoke to him after the game uh, yesterday. Uh, we've got your tweets and emails as well. Or any emails, really, because uh, it's the social media boycott. I haven't actually put out any invitation for tweets, and no one's really sent any anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But we've got loads of emails uh, to get to and then we will have a look ahead to the Lincoln game and maybe by the end of the show I'll be a little bit more positive uh, slash naive and believe that we can still make uh, those playoffs mathematically we can likelihood is unlikely but if we can win on uh, on, on Tuesday then at least it gives us a fighting hope going into the the final day of the season so Mark I mean just before we hear the highlights then um, you know we go into the game after the disappointment of Tuesday as you said the last minute equaliser knowing that we need a performance and a goal uh, and a win even, I should say. Uh, and we didn't get either, if I'm being honest. It was a scrappy old game, you know, congested in the middle of the park. No one really was able to take control of it. You'd have to say Accrington probably shaded it. Was, uh, I'd say the better side, even though there weren't many chances created at either end. Uh, and then we battled through and just about hung in there and got a point with the last kick of the game. But it really, I don't know, for me it just felt fairly insignificant if we weren't going to win. You win that game, it's a different story. But the fact... You take zero points or one points, we'd, we'd be on 67. We'd be in the same situation, really, where we'd need to win both games. Well, it was strange because at one point yesterday, it was the bottom eight teams were all losing and the top eight, apart from us, were all winning. And you just thought yourself, this is just, oh, it's just nothing's going in our favour. Um, you'd look, you know, was there going to be a reaction, a positive reaction from Tuesday? After after that, would you know? Would Nigel lift them up and say, right, you know, forget about that. This is another game. There was a lot of pressure on us possibly to win this. Um, I was slightly confused, shall we say, about the uh, formation. Why he decided to change for what's been serving us pretty well over the last few games, having a, a set four. And you know, I don't know whether Famewo, Innes, and Pierce can actually work as a three. I mean, it gives us a bit of threat at corners, but we we didn't get any. So it's it's difficult to know whether he was just experimenting with a formation towards next season, or he thought this would be. I mean, I saw that he said Elvis would like looking to negate Stanley, but I'm thinking, play to your strengths, and our strengths for the last couple of games have been having a four. So you know, and I think it just went on from then. Then midfield just didn't look right, and then you know, wing backs, full backs. It just just didn't look right all round, and you know if we'd lost, you're right. I think the hope would have been all got all but gone. Um, yes, it is in our hands. Can we pick off Lincoln because they're going to be really down because they, you know, thrown us right away a three nil lead. But Hull here, 
you know, I'm, I'm fed up of welcoming people here at the last day of a season and then going up as champions. I think it's Brighton, Burnley and one more. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yes, who we've had to clap onto the pitch as champions. I'm thinking, no, I'm fed up of that. Mm, yeah, well, when, well, one day it'll be us, and that, that's what we can afford. So I guess the the only difference, um, you know, if if the only thing that that equaliser we got makes a difference for now. So if we win both our games, if we've been on sixty seven instead of sixty eight, we'd be on seventy three, and then Portsmouth could draw and possibly still be above us in terms of goal difference. Obviously, depending on how many we we win by. So the the, the extra point that we get yesterday does make a slight difference. That if Portsmouth only draw and we win both our games, so we'll go up to seventy one seventy four and then Portsmouth will be on 73 so it doesn't bring goal difference into account as long as obviously the Oxford uh, don't win as well so that's the only difference it's made so you know it was it wasn't enough to get me overly excited at the time but anyway let's have a listen to the highlights from Charlton TV uh Steve Brown of course was alongside Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith Martin with the quick throwing now back to Forster Kasky shaped across it finds Martin again though Martin looking to take his player on instead feeds it to Washington he's got a shooting opportunity takes it and over the bar First shot in anger by the Addicts. Just avoids the bar of Tony, Toby Savage's goal. As McConville sends it away to the Charlton right-hand side. Innes will head it away, but it'll drop to Morgan. Thinks about the shot, takes it. Comfortably over the bar in the end. But goes long towards, his left towards Stockley. Jumps with Rogers, balls up in the air again, and Stockley controls. Lays it off for Gilby. Gilby goes for goal. It's gone wide. I think the goalkeeper had that covered from our angle. Might have looked a little bit closer. Yeah, no, I think he just drags it a little bit wide, doesn't he, Gilby? Some on the left-hand side, McConville. Looking for the run of Charles. Being tracked by Innes. Forced out. Turns. Innes, he opens up a shooting opportunity. Goes for it. It's hit the bar. There might be the save for Ben Amos in the process. Headed down by Famo. Cleared away in the end. But warning shot from Atkinson. I think Ben Amos got a touch on that. This is the half-time whistle. It's Atkinson nil, Charlton nil. Yes. With the free kick headed on by Stockley. It's a good header as well. And he can get on the end of it. Can it's a shot at the near post saved by Savin. Chant will have the corner. Yeah, Atkinson claiming offside, but that's I mean that is route one football. Isn't it? Fires it towards the far post. Innis jumps, it's a good header. And it's wide. Yeah. I mean it's a good delivery and it's well attacked by Innis. Forward by Phillips looking for the run oh. of Pritchard and Innis trying to get across, but Pritchard gets there first, being forced away. Atkinson go back. It's a ball to near post. It's a shot for Bishop. Saved by Amos. And Gunther clears. Comes in. It's uh, to the edge of the six-yard box deep. It's still in around there. And it's trying to be passed in, I think, from Rogers on that uh, right-hand side of the penalty area. Cleared away by Bradley this time. Gets to the next header. Trying to get to the next one. Morgan attacks it and gets there first. Altrincham will try and spring a break with Pritchard. Goes past Fanwo into the edge of the penalty area. Pritchard. Shapes to his right foot, trying to find a shooting position, gets it and scores. 36 minutes into the second half, and Accrington take the lead. Yeah, I mean, in terms of... They've looked more dangerous than we have since the changes, I believe. You know, Miller's come on a sub, gone on the left-hand side. I don't think he's had a touch yet. They've suddenly looked like they're going to play through midfield. I'm not quite sure why Famo's gone out to try and win that high up the pitch. You know, in terms of a centre-half, leaving his position and going 15 yards short to get caught in no-man's land and then having to recover, it affects everybody behind you. Suddenly, your left-back has to tuck in, your right-back has to tuck in. You, the other centre-half can't pick up his man anymore. He has to adjust his positioning because he's not got his partner next to him. 
And at that point, you've just got to back off, narrow up, and force your opponents wide. We didn't get quite tight enough on the shot itself either. And I said that uh, free kick might have been one of the last moments. Well, Charlton have a free kick and a chance to send this into the Accrington penalty area. And can Charlton redeem themselves at the death here? Yeah, this is last chance saloon, isn't it? You can imagine this is the last attack. Morgan with a free kick, sends it into the penalty area. And it's a touch-in by Anike, and he scored! Jackson Anike gets on the end of the free kick into the box, and he's buried it, and Charlton are level. That's a hell of a delivery, isn't it? And Zelby Morgan, and he's whipped it in behind Accrington's back line. They've not dropped quick enough. They can't get it, so now they're relying on the keeper Savin to come out and make a claim. It just drops three or four yards short of him. Credit to Chuck Sanike for the run. Credit for him getting a half volley on that and controlling it past the oncoming keeper into the goal. And, you know. Well, in terms of how it affects our position in the table and how it affects the situation being in our own hands, it doesn't. But in terms of uh, at least a little confidence boost, that must, must help us. That is the final whistle. It's the final action of the game. And out of nothing, Charlton have grabbed a point. There we go. I told you Terry enjoyed it a bit more than I did, at least. So there you go. I don't know. If, I don't know why I was so dour yesterday. I do. I do think it was the performance rather than the importance of, of the goal that got me. Because I still think, you know, we're, we're asking a lot now, Mark. You know, so let's have a look at that final day. And this is this is assuming that we definitely go and beat Lincoln, which was obviously a big assumption in the first place. But you know, Charlton, we're playing Lincoln, and then on the final day, we're at home to the champions, Hull City. Uh, Portsmouth are playing Accrington. Now, this is an Accrington side that, as we found out ourselves yesterday, and as Portsmouth found out in midweek, are a bit of a tough nut to crack. And, and uh, you know, they dropped points against them before. So it's not un it's not unheard of that it could happen. So there is that. And also, you know, Shrews, uh, Oxford are playing... Uh, they just beat Shrewsbury yesterday, but they're playing a Burton side who have had a good second half of the season under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So if we if we can get to the final day of the season and it still be possible then it will be possible but it is a hell of a long shot now mark yeah i mean we thought that end of last season we thought if we can get to the last day and it's in our hands okay we were playing leeds but we we didn't turn up and you know we all know the result of that um it's difficult because the four teams all got relegated yesterday from our league so there's no jeopardy at all um, Accrington, okay, but you can say, oh, you, know, you want to finish as high as possible and get them up, and but will Burton be looking at looking at different players, um, you know, in different positions? Isn't it? It's a nothing game, so it gives them an opportunity. I think if you had a look through the leagues yesterday, um, Birmingham played Cardiff, Bowes put out a completely different side, so he could look at it. They got spanked, but he looked at it. Now, if either Burton or Oxford decide, you know, we're not going to get up for anything, let's try some new players, you know, it could backfire, so it doesn't really matter, I mean, it is in our hands, but I, I don't know, it's so difficult having two at home, you know, the, the Lincoln one, you know, I'd have liked to have played them when they were decimated through injury, but uh, like I said, you know, they, they had a 3-0 lead, and they could have possibly been still been a chance of promote automatic promotion how much is that going to kick him in the stomach i mean it depends what changes he makes for tuesday night because i think he's now thinking right now i've got to find a combination of players you know who, who are going to do stuff and then hull come in here on the last day of the season i think it's set up for a mcginnis hat trick but you know with no fans to celebrate in front of it doesn't it won't really matter yeah uh, um i mean 
I've written down just uh, on my notes before the show. Hopeful question mark. Are you are you hopeful, Mark? I mean, I, I've you know I've, I'm going back towards the Tom Wallin miserable route again. That we're not going to do it, unfortunately. And I mean that that would seem certainly the most likely now. I, how, how how do you assess our chances? Well, um, am I, am I hopeful? Ever hopeful? Um, but really, I think you know one of the things. I am after all these years of following Charlton is is a, is a realist, and I don't think we will. I think we'll come up short, and I just think to myself, you know, a few weeks before um, Bo was um, decided to leave, he said about Charlton, you know, we've overachieved this season, and he got absolute pelters for it. But in theory, he was right. We started the season behind everybody else in terms of where we were with players in preparation and everything and we did well and we built up a bit of head of steam and then we had the injuries come in and then of course we started you know losing game after game and then we had all the court case etc etc and so in January when we can bring in a few more bodies it helped you know bringing in Stockley but have we overachieved? I th- I think you know he's he's right. We have overachieved this season for our for our start, for our preparation, for everything. So you know I think at the start of the season, most most fans would have said, look, anywhere mid table, not worried about relegation, maybe not in the playoffs, but mid table. I think someone had done a poll, and that was you know most people thought we'd finish somewhere between sort of like tenth and sixteenth. So. You know, you've got to look at it for for what it is, and as an overall, you know, with this has been disappointing games. There's been brilliant games, so it's a typical season for Charlton. It's all about the rebuild in the summer now. I don't think it's as bad as um, our colleague Mr. Wallin puts out. I don't think it's a strong division this year. I think this would have been an easy one to get out of, possibly next year. But we don't know what Nigel's got in place and in plan, and the players coming in. You know, he's we've got twelve out of contract. He brings in twelve. Who, who hit the ground running? I mean, Chris Powell brought in twenty, and and we and we um, walked the league. So you know, if Nigel Atkins gets the player he needs, and they get him in a way, I think there's opportunities for youngsters, and he's going to pick up some bargains, and we'll look to start next season with a positive vibe. Mm, hopefully, and I think it sort of sums up the feeling of around the around our hopes now of getting into the playoffs that we've already started to focus so much on. On next season, but we do have to talk about that game yesterday uh, up at the Crown Ground. Uh, Accrington, it turns out, is a very long way away <laughs> to drive in yesterday. Uh, and uh, when you got there, I mean, the ground, the ground, uh, you know, is it's a reminder that you're in League One. I've got a lot, got a lot of time for Accrington actually as a club. Uh, really nice people up there, and obviously the that the chairman Andy Holt uh, interviewed him a couple of years ago, and he seems like a man with his head screwed on. Uh, they were doing a lot of building work obviously when we got there. So we we were basically sat in a stand that didn't that had a roof but it didn't have a wall behind it and they just replaced it with loads of tarpaulins. So it was quite windy and, and, and a bit ramshackle and then the performance matched it really because it was a it was a horrible game of football. Um I don't think you know, the, well as I mentioned, we sort of packed out the midfield that was really overly congested. We never got the ball down and played. I think Benji points out in the interview with Nigel later that uh, I think other than Piercy, that three central midfielders were the, the people who touched the ball fewest in the Charlton side. It just showed that we just were unable at all to get our game going. And that was, you know, I mean, it is a disappointment because, uh, and obviously Accrington will have played a big part in that, making the game bitty and, and difficult and looking to, to get the ball to their more dangerous players when, when they could. But 
you know, for, considering the importance of the game and the result that we needed, I, I, you'd hope somehow that we would have found a way to have performed a bit better. Yeah, but like I say, I think obviously they work on a shape during a week and um, set themselves up in, into play a certain way with movement. And but you, once you congest your midfield, you you stop the the space you can get yourself into, and uh, you know with the, like I say the personnel with a three at the back. Is it is it going to work? Hmm, poss- possibly not. Um, you do have to give the opposition credit because you know there's very few teams, possibly in this league, who will just roll over. You know, okay, Bristol Rovers did a few weeks ago, but you know, I think we we caught them well. But it's one of those days where if you, if you score early and you've got something to build on, but the longer it goes on. You start thinking, okay, seventy-five minutes, and it's okay. It's going up nil-nil. Maybe we could, or maybe we can nick a late one, and then suddenly, boom, eighty-one minutes on the clock for guys driven forward, you know, shot from outside the area, back of the net, and you're thinking, hey, hey, hey it's not going to be our day. So you know, to pick up an equaliser in sort of like the last breath of a referee's whistle is. Like I said, normally you'd be sort of like thinking, oh, that really sort of like lifts you. Or it feels like a win when you've got that last one, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it was good to see um, uh, Albie get on. You know, I think he is possibly, you know, going to do well next season. The, the only thing I question, I mean, I mean, you can't. It's you feel a bit funny questioning it now because we did go on to score after it happened. It did, it did seem like a strange time to make a double sub, basically an added time. I mean, if you if you want to go out and make the changes and and affect the game, you would have felt that would have happened a bit earlier. I mean, well, but then it did affect the game because Albie, Albie set it up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe on maybe I shouldn't question that. Well, I think technically you're supposed to add thirty seconds for every sub, so substitution made not per per player, but every time you make a substitution, so you put on two. Adds another thirty seconds of a time, so if, you know now you can put on as many as you like. It seems, um, so possibly they were thinking, you know, like we'll get one more opportunity in this last four or five minutes. The referee's going to have to add some time on for it, which he had, which he did, and, it, and it's paid off that way. So tactically brilliant, who <laughs> you know by giving us that extra minute, minute thirty, and we've scored from it. So if if he hadn't made that sub. You know, and we got that free kick. Was someone on a pitch who could do the same thing Albie did? You know, we were right. It's it's all ifs and buts. So yeah, it is it is weird because normally you're thinking that they're making those kind of subs just to slow the game down, kind of thing. And uh, you know, sometimes the subs get on, and with that time, we don't even touch the ball, and it always makes me laugh when they're shaking hands as they're walking off. You're thinking, well, well done, yeah, well done for warming up down the side for 20 minutes, mate. I've just been watching. You've not touched the ball, and. Uh, so it you know it's it's paid off. It's it's weird. It was good to see um, Shinny there. So uh, it's it's difficult because you just don't know now for Tuesday. I mean, it's this this is one of those games where if it happened at any time of a season earlier, you'd you'd instantly forget about it. But because it's like we've got two games left now, this was an important one. But it's the same. The crew game was important. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting you know, point you make there, actually, because I think I think Nigel sort of mentioned at one point, you know, may- maybe if this if this was in November, that's that's quite a good point away from home. But obviously, you know, an action side who are quite difficult to play against. But 
because of the importance of the game again i mean it does it does feel like, like you know we really need to go for free and maybe maybe that clouds our, our judgment a little bit as well yeah it's 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 strange like i say because you just with one eye on this one eye on tuesday um it's it's difficult for the manager to go in. Obviously, he'll go in and say, right, who, who's fit, who's picked up anything, who's ready to go, you know, because Lincoln's just going to be an, an, a, a, another challenge and more of a challenge than Accrington in theory. So, like I say, I think it was a, just a weird formation. I, I would I think you play to your strengths and let the other team worry about that because they would have watched a couple of our games, maybe the Bristol game, maybe the Crew game, you know their analysts and seeing what were we good at, what 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 helped us score, and let's negate that. And you know, Crew managed it with their two guys who did really well and got lots of space and time in in pockets where we weren't. And yesterday, like you said, it, it was it was just almost like almost like a game of head tennis. Yeah, you, you know, was... you just want it to stick to somebody. And you know, Washington and Stockley, it's. It's a, it's a combination, um, but I think if you've got Stockley, you've got to be playing, you've got to have an out-and-out out winger somewhere along the line just to try and get the ball. You can't be relying on your full-backs to get the crosses in as good as they might be at crossing. You, if you're relying on them to bang crosses over all the time, they're going to be almost derelict in get, covering at the back. And, you know, even if you're playing three at the back, you're still going to need your fullbacks to be motoring. And I don't know whether Gunter can still do that. Um, and Martson, you know, it's weird after playing him in on one side, putting him back where he was. So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it, it did feel like, obviously, that, I mean, I do ask Nigel about the change in shape and asked if he felt like he, he got the reaction he was hoping for in the interview. And we'll, we'll hear that in a few moments. So we should talk about the two goals. I mean, um, uh, it, Joe Pritchard got there sort of eight minutes from from time of, of from the end of normal time, and it was a, a good individual goal. Maybe he was shown inside a little bit too easily, but a potential foul on Darren Pratley. I mean, quite early in the move, it was basically in, in Atkinson's half, but it looked like uh, a, 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 he was challenged for a header, um, and, and the referee waved play on. Your overall views, Mark? Well, it's one of those ones. It annoys you when you when we're in the Premiership and they've got VAR. And the goal's been scored, and then we go, oh, hold on, you know, looking back in the movement, back in the movement, back in the movement. Oh, you know, two two days ago, their guy was offside, and you're thinking no goal. I think if a referee hasn't given it, you you react, you play to the whistle. It's simple as that. It's you know, they can go for you, they can go against you. If you if the guy's run that far without someone putting a foot on him, taking him out, and he's had a crack, and it's, you know, it's buried in the back of the net. You know, fair fair play to him, almost. You know, I just wish a few more of our midfielders decided to have a bang from outside the yeah. Um, area. Yeah, we saw I've, I've said this before. Yeah, I, mean, um, saw, I, saw, I think we saw Gilby try it a couple of times yesterday. I think he had one, uh, was it in the first half, that when it, when it just wired, so it wasn't a, a half-decent effort. But yeah, no, I, I understand what, what your take on that. And obviously, um, <laughs> apparently now, our stream didn't show uh, the Charlton goal. He was showing a replay. So I'll just talk you through it. So basically, Nike picked the ball up inside his own area. And he slalomed through the whole team. It's a bit like Maradona's goal against England at the ninety at the eighty six World Cup, and then you know, and then just got onto the goal line, looped it up, and did an overhead kick into the top corner. It's arguably the greatest goal I've ever seen, but sad, sadly, it won't go down in folklore because no one ever saw it on the stream. 
See, I'd heard that he dribbled it all the way to the goal line, then dropped to his knees and headed it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's, it was a lovely yeah. delivery from Albie, wasn't it? And and uh, it was one of those goals, again, I I kind of, I think halfly my slightly muted reaction to it is because I thought he must have been offside because he's in so much space and just tapped it into into the, the back of the net. But, you know, I mean, if if we are to talk about Chucks and EK, some, some people would love to see him start more often. Obviously, we know, you know, it always seems to be that he has, he has these fitness issues that means he can't. But, I mean, he's proven time and time again when he comes off the bench how much he is effectively our main weapon. Yeah, I mean, all you all you get is people saying, "Oh, he's he's got to start, he's got to start." But you know, he's I don't know how many ninety minutes he's got under his belt this season, but I'd be surprised if it was more than two. Um, it's it's not good being an impact sub. It's a no. Every player wants to start every game. I'd have thought, you know, but you know, if you're better as an impact sub, it's what I thought DJ uh, when he was coming to us would be good for the second half half hour where you can run at tiring defense i mean i think if you look at a lot of chuck's goals they've come in the second half where he's come on and he's almost bullied his way through and slammed it in and he's excuse me he scores some good goals but he's used his physicality he's used his power against a defense which is you know, tiring. Now, if you start off, in a, is he going to be doing the same runs and movement and work if he starts from the beginning, or is he going to be trying to conserve a bit of energy for making those runs? It's hard to say. Look, you want the best striker you've got at the, at the time to be on the pitch. So, you know, both him and Washington are in double figures. So, in theory, that would be your, you know, front two. However, you know, we know what Stockley is bringing to the game, which is headers. And, uh, you know, good hold-up play sometimes and good movement. So, you know, who do you drop? Do you, I think for Washington's work rate, you have to keep him. And as unfortunately for Chucks, I think, you know, he will be that kind of impact sub. But I think that will go against us in the summer. If, if he's offered a contract by us, if he's offered a contract by someone else, he might say, well, I can either go somewhere else and, you know, some manager will tell him, you're my number one, you're the main guy you're going to be starting. He's going to go there if but he stays it, it. Surely it must come down to a fitness issue. I'm just looking at his stats now. You're right, actually. He's only completed the 90 minutes twice, uh, started 11 games this season, come off the bench 25 times, which is remarkable, and he's got 14 goals uh, in, in, in the league campaign. Um, yeah, so overall, I mean, you know, we, we've spoken about the disappointment of the result and the disappointment of the performance. I mean, I mean, it, it does feel like everything sort of caught up with us again in, in the last few weeks. We've been unable to find a way to win to win games all of a sudden at a time when we needed it most. And it's hard to put your finger on why. And, and I was asked this question yesterday and I couldn't really give a succinct answer as to, as to why all of a sudden it's turned away. Is it that overall we're just not quite good enough? Yeah. <laughs> basically there, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat it and say um, because you know everyone who's watched the same kind of games would just be looking at their radios and going is this guy mad um, yes I am but no, it's we're just not good enough and it's whether it's a, a belief which wasn't there or whether it's just for right personnel or the way they've been playing or whether this is just one of those seasons it's a, it's a transitional season um it's hard i mean i think if you look you say about Accrington, they, they've won 10 at home we've won six 
you know. And so a lot of these teams who are, are mid-table, their home form has been what's kept them up. Plymouth have won 11. You know, okay. So it's it's difficult to say, you know, where we are in, in, in respect to everyone else. Look, I th- I always say you finish for the season where you where you deserve to be. Do we deserve to be going up? No, we don't. You know, we can't honestly say that. There's been too many games where we've just been bad. Uh, do we deserve to be relegated? Again, no, we don't because there's been too many games where we have been very good. Um, unfortunately, it's the middling games in between where we've thrown away leads and it's, you know, the amount of points we've dropped generally in a game and uh, we have that spate of all those worldy goals going against us and you thought, you know, the world's not on your side. Um, so if we finish 8th, ninth, 10th, I don't know how low down we can finish now. Um, I'll have a look. No, we can finish... Eighth, unless Milton Keynes score about fifty goals. No, we could, let's say we can finish eighth. That's where we deserve to finish. So we you know take it on the chin and go right. We weren't good enough this season. What needs to be corrected next season? We correct it. Certainly right. Let's hear from the man who will be having to do a lot of correcting in the summer if uh, if the uh, what seems obvious now does happen and we don't get into the playoffs. Nigel Atkins, the Addicts boss, I spoke to him after yesterday's one all draw with Accrington Stanley and asked for his thoughts on the game. Well, listen, we've. Um... He showed that resilience to keep going. You know, great ball in from Albion, uh, one substitution, and uh, Chucks and EK scores again. You know, he's half hour gets him on the pitch, and uh, he's probably had 35 minutes today, didn't he? So, but he's gone and scored again, which is uh, which is good. Always going to be a difficult game. We said that you give Accrington, John, John Coleman, and Accrington Stanley a lot of credit. This is a very difficult place to come to. You know, we talk about um, the way they play, very direct. They score. Have more shots than anybody, more crosses, more um, more corners, more direct play. I think we nullified that for a great deal. We give them, uh, we changed our formation. We were very big. We played three at the back, and we wanted to play the ball in their half of the pitch because it's it's fair to say playing out from the back is probably not the ideal way to go and approach it. So we've had to adapt the way. Um, obviously, Accrington do that all the time. We've adapted our way. So it wasn't a pretty game from my point of view. Very stop-start, free kicks all the time. The referees tried to let things go. I thought for their goal, it was a foul on Prattley, um, but the referees let it go. But obviously then we could have stopped. We could have put a better challenge in and we could have stopped them on the shot. But we changed our formation then to go to a back four, trying to chase the game a little bit more. And that's what we were doing. We were looking that way. Um, you know, People will, will view this as a, a cracking game to watch because it was very competitive, the old way was doing it. Um, and likewise, you know, Sometimes you can't fight fire with fire, you play the other way and you've got to pass the ball. Maybe the pitch wasn't conducive for doing that um, and the risk factor of it. So um, you know, we'll sit back, we'll reflect on it. We've got a point away from home. We needed the three, you know, so that now takes it um, out of our hands. But stranger things have happened. There's plenty of twists and turns, as we all know. Um, you know, used all the substitutions, changed the formation, tried to find a way to win a game of football, which would be different from the games that we've been playing so far. So that's fair to say. You know, it's it's easy to say after the event, but maybe if you turn around so, oh, let's play out from the back and let's try and pass all the way through, you could have got a good island today. Um, but maybe you couldn't at all. That's, that's the hindsight side of it, you know. So, uh, But we've tried to approach the game in a certain manager, in a certain manner, and the players have given everything, you know. So you can't fault the players for their effort and their commitments. And you have to do that when you come to places like Accrington Stanley. 
obviously the, the results elsewhere mean, as, as you've mentioned now, it's out of your hands. It's, it's a big ask, but there's still that, that glimmer of hope, I guess, and that's what you have to try and cling on to now. Well, whilst we've always got hope and belief, then you, that's something to cling on to. But from our point of view, it's learn the lessons from today's game. Um, and then we'll get ourselves ready for the next one, which will be a cracker against Lincoln on Tuesday night at the Valley. You went for the, the change in shape. Obviously, we saw that formation towards the end of the game on, on Tuesday, and it, it sort of gave new life in, into the performance. I mean, did, did you get the reaction as well you were hoping from that change in shape yeah, today? We, we changed there. You could see we were very big today because you could. I've talked about the direct nature of um, the way Accrington play here on a smaller pitch. You know, uh, you know, you've got to deal with it. I thought, you know, we've changed that way. Three big centre-halves in there to deal it. Because even they get the, the ball at the back, it's coming from all over the pitch, it's coming in the box, and you've got to defend that. You know, so we've done that. We've done that. We've done that uh, pretty well because it was competitive in there. Um, and it, by playing three at the back, it allows you to get two centre-forwards. This is the first game that I've been, you know, Connor came off after a minute at... Um, a win. This is the first game I could actually play Connor from the start with uh, Jaden as a front two. Playing three at the back allows you to play that two a little bit more. We change the shape as we go. Um, you know, Liam on one wing. You know, so um, trying to get players on the pitch to find a way to score. And another day, it's a bit to me. Ryan's head just goes past the post. Could have changed the complexion. Didn't happen. You know, so, and that was the way the game was going to be. It was going to be a horrible game going into it. You have to do all the crappy things that go with it. Um, but that's the important thing. You've got to be able to do that, and you've got to have the mentality. And the players have shown that mentality because it was a scrap, it was very stop-start um, and it was very competitive. Um, yeah. Obviously we saw that, you know, thinking about the, the 6-0 win at Plymouth a couple of weeks ago, obviously the performances again in the last two haven't been the same sort of games, have been very scrappy. Is it just at this stage of the season about finding any way to try and win a game and, and it hasn't quite happened? Total, total different game. You look at the pitch that we played down at Plymouth, was immaculate and we played some great football down there and we scored six goals, set up from a real good defensive press to win it and go and score. That was, that was exceptional. And we talk about the Peterborough game. Peterborough just got promoted, so congratulations to them. For me, we've totally dominated the, the game against a team who normally dominate possession of the ball. We just And we got the ball in the attack in there. We just didn't capitalise on the chances we had. You know, Lincoln give Lincoln credit. Very young, enthusiastic, nothing to play for, but that's where they are. And they pass it about. We still did some really good things in there. However, didn't get the victory that we were after. Uh, but we've responded. Today's a total different game. And we've shown some adaptability to fight and scrap and play a different way. Um, which is what you needed to do today. Um, so well done to the players' mentality coming into it and trying to find a way to win a game of football today in very difficult situations. Obviously looking ahead to Tuesday, you mentioned Lincoln and, and Hull on, on Saturday. They won't actually really have anything to play for after this. So did you think that can play into your hands? No, every, everyone goes crosses that white line, they'll want to win a game of football. So uh, it's up to us to go and win a game of football. Um, and we'll just get ourselves ready and prepare in the right manner for the next game, which is Lincoln on Tuesday. And they will present a load of different um, situations. But likewise, we've got threats. We've got to make sure that we can try and present the opposition those uh, problems as well. And that's what we've been looking to do all the way through. And obviously, I mean, Lincoln are one of the sides who are, who are guaranteed for the playoffs. Charlton want to be in there and they want to be able to show that they can play against that calibre of side if they are to get there. Well, I think we've demonstrated on our day we can play against anybody. Uh, and we can play very well against everybody. And over the course of the season, there's games that you've got to adapt your style with, to, to, especially away from home. You've got to adapt that way. Um, and today, coming here is always going to be difficult. You know, we've watched several of the games of them. You know, we've watched over the course of the year. This is a difficult place to come. It's high tempo. It's very direct from all over the pitch. You've got to defend your penalty area. 
you know for all over the pitch that ball's coming in and there's a lot of things when I look back we've actually managed to nullify a lot of their things that they've gone and done um, so about all the well and well you've got to nullify that but then for me we didn't when we got the ball in the attacking half of the pitch we didn't do enough with enough quality on the ball that we were looking for and what we were after Thanks, Nigel. Can I uh, just ask about Ben Watson? He wasn't in the squad today. He picked up something or just rested. He's fine. Yeah. You've seen the pitch there. I didn't think it was a conducive yeah. pitch for Ben Watson today. Yeah. Um, he's fit. And obviously, travelling all the way up here, this, that, and the, but I didn't think I'd get him on the pitch. Um, and obviously, that, that means I've got a fit, fresh uh, Ben Watson available for the next. Not that play, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to play him, but I've got a fit, fresh, available Ben Watson for the next two games, which is, I think is sensible. Yeah, Nigel, as he said, first hour, even for 75 minutes, up until their goal really nullified a, a, a team that could play very direct, throws the ball into the box as much as they can. But going forward, as you said, it weren't, wasn't quite clicking. No. The three midfielders, I think, at the end of the first half, the only player, outfield player of Charlton's that had less touches with the ball was Jason Pierce. Was was that the area you would have liked to see more control? Or was it when the ball um, gets into attack? How would you uh, feel? Like it was very better? difficult because you see, like, stop, start, and mm. it's like win the first ball, win the second ball, and they'd win it and hook it on, or mm. we'd win it and hook it on. And we couldn't get in. And Connor got caught offside a couple of times. We thought we could have landed on that and got him in behind. Um, because thought that we thought there'd be an opportunity to score from that. Um, that didn't capitalise for us. It was always going to be one of them, them horrible games. That's the way it is. So you can actually you can think, oh, I'll stand off and we'll play. They're not going to have a chance to do that. You know, they're good at what they do. And you've got to you've got to be able to deal with it. You know. So as I said, if it'd be maybe uh, Plymouth's pitch. You can make it, it could have been a total different story mm. and how, you may, how you'd approach the game once you've won it. But you've got to, you've got to win the ball first of all. You know? mm. And they make it very different. Set. It's very stop-start um, to actually get a series of passes going together. Yeah, and I guess that suited them because that's how they want to play. And that's unfortunately, at, 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 the, at Charlton, at your best, you would obviously like to see them have control of the ball and, and play on the ground. Yeah. But just not today, I guess. Sometimes you just got to realize. I mean, again, you look from here, but when you're actually on the pitch, looks a bit know. rough from here. <laughs> well, again, the lads, even even the war, you know, the warm up, you're coming in and it's like definitely no back passes. Don't pass the ball really? backwards. Okay. Just get it forward. Don't even don't even think about it. You know, and that's coming from the players, mm. and they're looking at it. So they're the ones who are out there. So again, there's no confidence to go and play on it. So so play the ball in certain areas of the pitch. Play it in there after the pitch. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the big thing, you know. So. Um, listen, if, we, if we'd won the game, you'd all turn around and say, well, brilliant, great mentality, great spirit, great, this is what you've got to go and do. Mm-hmm. And over the course of a season, this is what you've got to go and do. You've got to realise you've, you've, got, you've got to get your head on to come to places like this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He swings it towards the far post. Innis jumps, heads down. Bogle touchdown. Bradley! Smacks it in! A child take the lead. That's a really well-worked corner. Innis with the head down. Bogle touches it. And Darren Prattley, the substitute, just smacks it into the roof of the net. Just set her up, Ethan behind. A little boy in Stella who said, I hate Charlton Live. There we go. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, just for the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, Nigel Atkins, after yesterday's uh, one-all draw uh, up at Accrington Stanley. Um, uh, he, he doesn't really change his tune, obviously. He, he, he is a man who tries to bring positivity to the to the club and, and to the squad. And obviously, you know, his first he, the first thing he talked about was how we, you know, we, we kept fighting to the end and all that. I mean, uh, I must assume that he he will have had some disappointments about that performance yesterday as well oh yeah greatly um because he he would have maybe said you know i've set us up to win and it's not worked but i think you then go get to half time at nil nil it hasn't worked you can say right let's let's change it straight away let's make you know the substitutions for formation changes and then we've got 45 minutes to actually do something about it it's it's he's right but it's saying about you know not giving up to the end. Um, I think that comes down to one or two of those players on the pitch. Say like Albie, who hasn't been really that involved since he's come in, um, Atkins has come in, to say, well, I've, I do have a slight point to prove that, you know, if I wasn't even making the match day squads, you know, this is what I can bring to a team. Um, so you expect him to still have that kind of work ethic because it wasn't impossible. I mean, he would have said to them, you know, the players aren't silly. They look at the league table, if they work out the permutations, probably not during the game, but they know, you know, the importance of that game yesterday. So whether they go, right, it's still got two games to go. I mean, we talked uh, well, about six games, well, about six to go, and I was just saying, well, you know, you can afford to lose one, you can afford to lose it. And I was saying at the time, you just take it one game at a time because before you know it, you're down to your last couple of games and then you have have and must wins. So he's, he's going to get them positive. He's going to get them going. Hopefully Tuesday night he starts possibly Washington Miller, Stockley up front. You know, obviously we'll come to that game later on, but we've got to be more positive on Tuesday and... You know, if Lincoln score an early one, fine. We've still got to have the same positivity amongst the team, and then take it from there. I mean, just hope it it rubs off in the um, changing room. Yeah, I mean, obviously Nigel, you know, his early days, and I imagine most will be giving him time. But I mean, what have you learned about the new manager in in the time he has been here? You know, obviously there'll be some things that people really enjoyed. Uh, are there any things uh, that, as well that, that that you'd like to see him do differently? Or I mean, I'm realistically, you, you've, I, I don't know if you can judge him until he's had his summer to to build a, a squad a squad in the mold that he that he, he wants to see it in. 
Well, that's it. You've got to have the right personnel, the right um, formation, the players who can do that. You want competition in places. So, you know, if if he takes a broom and clears out, you know, half dozen, eight of them, then so be it. And then you can judge it. Uh, it's... I, I'm... I'm old. I'm old-fashioned. I, I like when you play. I know it's not the way for football nowadays because, you know, you want your goalkeeper to play to your centre-half in the own box and he plays it back and it plays it to the side. I like having two wingers. I always thought that we were a better team when we played with two wingers. The Sean Newtons, the John Robinsons, um, the Colin Walshes, people who, who stuck out on that side... I did that job. I mean, even, you know, Lloyd Sams and people like that, uh, Callum Harriots. Okay, the, the end thing, we wasn't always there, but we had that kind of winger. And then you're playing two up, and then you're giving the opposition that um, problem. You know, if you play one up and one off, it's, it's easy now. It seems to be football's changed so much in the last couple of years to try people try and always try and play them selves out I mean it bit us on the backside big time when we played Wimbledon at their place because it's something we we don't do you know Fame have made a mistake yes but it was just r- silly errors I think yourself you know you play a back four you know and then you deal with it that way then if they're playing three up you just tell one of your midfielders to sit a bit deeper and protect that back four but then you get your wingers either side banging in the crosses that's how you score the goals I mean you can have all the possession and playing all this lovely stuff in the midfield all you like unless you've got someone who's up front who can put the ball away you know I've heard you know before the um, blackout there was so many people talking about um, you know the difference would have been you know if, if Taylor had stayed blah 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 and if we'd had him as a striker this season would he been banging them in kind of thing I'm thinking you, can, you can't look at it that way because it's it's, it's a pointless theory all you've got to look at is it's not right what we're we going to do for the future because you know Stockley I've said many times on this show I'd, I'd, I'd like to put a bid in for him and just see if we can tempt him I know with his contract and his money blah 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 but you know you just, just don't know um, and I, th- I think if he can bring in a couple of good players the next season, we can start with positive, because I think Nigel's a positive chap, and I think his positivity will rub off on players he interviews for positions to come. You know, when they talk to agents and say, and they get them in a room, I think it will benefit us. Mm, Yeah, and it is probably time to start looking long-term, I think, for the supporters, but you never know. We will look ahead to that Lincoln game as well shortly. Let's have a look at some of the emails then uh, that have come in. Steve Richards said it was a dismal performance against an average Accrington Stanley side. Uh, the 3-5-2 system didn't work from the start. Too slow to change it. Too slow to bring on subs. A double substitution in stoppage time helped grab a fortunate draw. But it probably is too little, too late. The game was crying out for someone in midfield who could string passes together. But Shinny sat on the bench for the first 91 minutes. A horrible season with horrible football with no fans. Let's concentrate on the bigger picture. Stable ownership, investment to come. But it does look like that Tom Wallin was right all along. And that's the, no one wants to see Tom right, but that's that's the way it goes. Right, McSquared uh, says, all over. Well, we thought it was seven uh, several weeks ago. It sadly is now. Yes, the pitch was bobbly. Uh, the ref was over fussy. Uh, Accrington played like Wimbledon of old, and we were sucked into playing their game. However, we definitely 
Uh, although we definitely weren't outplayed by them, we wouldn't have deserved to lose. You could say we clearly haven't been good enough this season. There's only one person ultimately to blame for that, and that's Roland Rapp. Uh, Thomas Sangar's takeover came too late, as did the damage to the squad uh, that had already been done in the closed season, and there was too little time to recover. The transfer restrictions in January were the final nail in the coffin as the change of manager was ultimately academic. Uh, the guys in the studio were right to say that a battling point away at Accrington uh, would have usually been considered a decent result, but these are special circumstances resulting mainly from our dreadful home form. We will never know if having fans at the Valley, though, would have made any difference in that respect. Although we have a squad of hard-working and generally solid players, it's patently clear that we've got far too players with creative flair and taking the Plymouth game out of the equation that has been our biggest downfall in recent weeks. Yesterday's match looked like a battle between two mid-table sides, and that says it all. We just didn't have enough collectively as a team to break Accrington down. It can be of no surprise that our very late equaliser came from a set piece. Let's not forget that the three regulars in our starting eleven, Stockley, Miller, uh, Martin and, uh, and Famer as well, actually, uh, aren't even our players uh, and are unlikely to be in our squad come the start of next season. In addition, some of our other signings, i.e. Uh, Ronnie Schwartz, haven't worked out. We have nothing really to lose in our final two games, so Nigel may as well play Stockley and, and EK up together uh, up top and see what happens. And EK is our best striker. We definitely look a far more potent force whenever he's on the pitch, as proven once again yesterday. Whatever happens, though, Thomas and Nigel will have a lot of work to do this summer in order to put together a squad capable of winning promotion next season and taking everything into account. Achieving promotion this season was always a bit of a pipe dream. We'll just have to be grateful that the club is now finally on a stable footing and we can look forward to the future. Let's face it, if Thomas hadn't taken control of the club when he did, we probably would be staring League 2 in the face at the very least. That's from McSquared. Yeah, good points. Yeah, it's interesting actually. The first two emails have both looked to start to look into the future, Mark. So I'm guessing now that it's been reality setting in for a lot of people now. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's not the kind of like disappointment of, oh, we've been in the top six all the way and we've just dropped out in the last moment. We haven't. We've been up and down. So, you know, down quite low and up, up quite high. So... If if we'd been there all season, then yes, I think I'd be feeling a lot more disappointed. And it's good to see that people are recognising the reasons why it's not been that successful season. To mm. you know, see, you know, a lot of um, fans are saying, "Oh, you know, you could, how long are you going to blame that for?" I'm saying, well, blame it until we're actually on an even keel. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because that because that, 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 that has effect, it affects the whole season. It can't be a problem for only part of the season having having transfer problems or whatever. The the, the wage cap that is a an issue that affects the whole season. It doesn't stop three months after the transfer window, and then all of a sudden, well, no, it should be fine now anyway because it is the same the same group of players. And, and, and I guess that's the point that we need to remember. Right, Phil says, "Hi guys, I cannot in my forty five years of supporting Charlton remember a squad of players." or a team that I care less about than this one. Perhaps the pandemic has played a huge part uh, in this. I've seen relegation sides play with more fluency than this. Uh, they simply at times seem unable to control, pass or keep possession of the football. Simply the vast majority of them are not good enough time to offer contracts to the half dozen, half a dozen that are uh, half decent and say thanks, but off you go to the rest. That's from Phil. Cheers, Phil. Right, Duncan Brand. Uh, quite rightly, is blaming me uh, for, for, for for what's happened over the last few days. Uh, it says, hi, my overriding emotions yesterday were frustration and resignation. It says a lot that when Chuck's equalised, I didn't celebrate uh, keeping our playoff chances alive. I moaned that we missed the goal on Valley Pass as I was showing a replay of the foul. Frustrated that we haven't played well 
in the last two games when we could have gone a long way to securing our playoff spot. Uh, frustrated that we conceded yet another goal to a midfielder running at our back four without anyone closing him down. Why did Gunner let him run into the box and not go and close him down? Uh, frustrated uh, with the number of points we've thrown away in the last minute, just like last season, Shrewsbury away last Tuesday and the penalty save by the Oxford keeper, which could be so crucial. Yeah, Swindon away in that in that mix as well. I'm sure there's others. Uh, resignation uh, that the team is not good enough, which is summed up by a woeful home form. Only six wins at home is shocking, especially in this very poor league. Finally, Louis, I hold you a little bit responsible for how things have gone since late in the game on Tuesday. I was listening to the BBC Radio London commentary when you took great delight in Accrington equalising against Portsmouth and then Crew went and scored, sums up our season. That's from Duncan in Orpington. I thought I'd got away with that because no one had mentioned it until just now. But I was when Accrington equalised against Portsmouth, I was really enjoying it and laughing at, at John Marquis and, and you know thinking, yes, we've done it. And then since then, it's all fallen apart. So yeah, hands up, partly... Or, or, or possibly fully my fault there. And final email comes from Carl. An awful performance in a must-win game. Nigel came in and talked about wanting to play possession football. And we spent the whole game aimlessly lumping it long. A few weeks ago, we were pressing all over the field. And it felt like you could see the creation of that identity that's been talked about. But over the last week, that's gone. And I can't understand the approach to games. I also appreciate that a number of these players won't be here anymore. But I still feel he should be embedding his style now. And looking at these players through that lens, it felt like a couple of steps forward. And now I think we've taken them back again. That's from Carl. Right, thanks for all your emails. We'll have another quick break and then we'll start to look ahead to Tuesday's... Well, it literally is now a must-win game against Lincoln City. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. It's a shot! Great break! was too strong for Eastwood, he dived to his left but it's past him and Shinny who got the assist for the first goal now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick and Charlton just before half time make it two. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to the final part of this week's uh, Charlton Live, uh, potentially the penultimate Sunday show of the season in this but there is a miracle and we get into the playoffs but uh, otherwise, I imagine next Sunday show after the whole game, which is also on Sunday, so it's going to be a busy day, uh, will be our final show of the season. We'll have a big match preview on Thursday, of course, where uh, we'll be uh, discussing whether we still have an outside chance of getting into the playoffs uh, after the Lincoln game and looking ahead to that whole game. So make sure you join us at that. But I mean, the Lincoln game's coming up. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the replay of, of their game yesterday. I've only seen the, I mean, I've seen the only bit I've seen of it is the penalty awarded to. Peterborough right at the end. So obviously Lincoln had taken a three 0 lead, and they were looking they were looking pretty comfortable. Uh, and then then the posh uh, got a couple back, and then in the last minute scored a penalty. Now Sammy Schmodix, I think it was, went down. I mean, it is the worst penalty decision I've ever seen, Mark. I don't know if you've seen it, but Lincoln will be absolutely fuming after that because if they've won that game, they'd still have an outside chance of of getting into that top two. Now it does help us a little bit that they don't have that chance and if they want they can put out the reserves or the veterans or you know the kids whoever they've got to put out just to save their, their, their first team squad for the playoffs now yeah I, I had read about it. i haven't seen it i'm going to try and find it um saying about the terrible terrible penalty decision um i'm not sure with um lincoln i can't find being well in the paper somewhere uh, da, 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 da. where they would finish you can't find it <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. So they could where they would finish in the playoffs because they say same same points as Sunderland. So they'd want to really finish um, 
either third or fourth, so they have a second leg at home. Yeah, and obviously that that's an important thing for them. But if you're looking at the table, I mean, Blackpool, 74. So Blackpool could overtake them. Um, yeah, so I guess there is that to play for. I mean, how much how much emphasis do you think they put on that though? Considering, you know, with the home the home form not not perhaps as clear cut for everyone this season with no crowds. I don't, I don't know what the rules are for the playoffs actually. If they might be able to squeeze a few in, I'm not sure if if they may be. I'm not really bothered looking up looking it up now that I don't think we're going to get there, but. I mean, do, do you think do you think they'll worry too much about that? Um, well, I, I think if they'll, if they'll want to be going into those playoff games in a good run of form. Um, I don't think he'll be looking too much to protect um, players, you know, towards that. So I think he'll be, he'll be they'll be going guns blazing. I think they'll look to come and you know win and turn us over. I mean, they've won thirteen away. They've got a good away record, Lincoln. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one for us, uh, but I, I can't see them slacking off in any way because I, I don't think you want to. That's what because we could come up against them again potentially in the playoffs. That's a thing. It's you know if we if we by miracles of miracles we beat Lincoln and when we beat Hull on the last day and we get in there we could come up against Lincoln, you know. So it's they they don't want to sort of like give any potential rival any kind of advantage now so you know they know that on our day we can beat anybody you know we don't but we can do um so i think it's going to be a tough game tuesday it's going to be a tough watch um it's we've got to keep it really tight for the first 10 15 absorb it because they'll do what the other teams have done to us recently which is hit us with high intensity high pressure first 10 15 minutes and try and get a go you know it worked for peterborough they scored um early doors and you know we were lucky against it which we held out we were sort of like fairly lucky against crew we held out um but you know Lincoln are going to be another proposition, so I think it's keep it tight, keep it no silly mistakes, and don't let a midfielder run forty yards and whack one into the top corner. Yeah, and I mean, from us, did you want to see us go back to that four-three-three that we've utilised over the last few weeks? Obviously, you know, knowing that the DJ's out, we haven't really got anyone of any calibre to play on that on that other side of of the front three. Um, no, I'd, I'd, it's going to, it's going to say, I'd going to go four four two, and uh, almost, almost like that, but four, almost like a diamond though, and have them um, Gilby sitting at the top of a diamond, and uh, Watson at the base. So as as much as it sort of like burns me to say it, I think you know what's Watson was a miss. Um, so I think he'll put, but I think he'll come back in Tuesday. I think is one of the reasons Nigel did tweak a bit. Uh, I think he did have one eye on Tuesday, and uh, I think Watson ought to be a better player in sitting in front of a back four. I think I've possibly been a bit harsh on Ian Martin when I said we have no one of any calibre because I did forget he came back, but he was quite anonymous actually in the last two games. So I, uh, I think I've got an excuse for that. Right, uh, we've uh, we've gone over time actually on uh, this week's uh, Charlton Live. So thanks to all of you uh, who've listened uh, to the very end after a very boring game. So you really are absolute troopers for uh, going this far. Marks, thanks for for joining us on on the show this week. You're welcome, mate. Let's Good. look f- positive. Yeah. Keep, keep smiling. Birds are singing. Yeah. Birds Sun's are singing. shining. It's nearly summer break, so we don't have to watch this rubbish anymore. Uh, let's look forward to that. Right. Thanks uh, to all of you who've listened uh, to the end of the show. I'm Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Thursday to look back at the Lincoln game and discuss 
our quite remarkable ascension to the playoffs after two amazing wins. Oh, it might not happen. You never know. Right, we'll see you on Thursday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 